Goldberg of the Evil Stepmother Speaks radio show. I welcome you today, and as always, I teach step families how to love and laugh, and today's show is no exception. Uh, today's guest is Anna DeCosta. Up, oh, I said it wrong. Anna DeCosta from the Mindful Stepmom, and she has produced some really fabulous recordings that stepmoms can use when they're feeling stressed or feeling like they just need to change their outlook a bit. And she's also developed some really wonderful philosophies behind her work. And I wanted her to come on today to talk about um, how we can remain calmer. As far as my practice, The Evil Stepmother Speaks, you can always find me there. Or you can also find me on my public Facebook page under the same name. Or we also have a private Facebook page page called the Stepmom Life Class. If you'd love to join us there, please friend me on Facebook under Barb Goldberg. I will find you and uh, give you entree to the group where it's a very private and sacred space for us to talk. In addition, if you feel as though you could use some additional help, I offer one-on-one coaching. And I also um, offer, along with my partner Jenna Korf, Stepmom Retreats, and you can find information on our retreats at stepmomsanctuaryretreats.com. So if you need anything else, you can always email me at barb at theevilsteptmotherspeaks.com. And so with that, I want to welcome Anna Diacosta to the show today, and let's talk about how we can be more mindful and really calm our minds. ...is joining us because today's subject is one that um, I'm going to say, and then I'll let Anna, she can... Um, comment, but might be something that might cause an eye roll or two, um, and that is has to do with mindful stepmothering. And when we're in our lives every day, um, which is at times anything but mindful, if at least that's how it feels, um, sometimes when we hear solutions that may seem a little airy-fairy or may seem like who has time for this, we tend to avoid them, ignore them, or just decide that it can't help. So this show is dedicated to getting those thoughts out of your head, sticking with us, and who knows, maybe something that we say today will resonate with you. So our guest today is Anna Diacosta from The Mindful Stepmom. And Anna is, of course, a stepmom, and she actually um, has a new program that she's rolling out, which for you may download this ages ago, you know, ages from now, so it may not be, you know, brand new then, but let me just give a little heads up. We're taping September 2017, and you can download this, you know, September 3 to 2030. It'll still be out there, and that is um, actual meditation tapes that are dedicated just to us and just to stepmoms, which is incredibly, incredibly helpful, Um, and her main purpose is to give um, hope for all of us, which is really um, critical, right? And to see that maybe there's just a different reality and maybe we're just not seeing it. So let's um, bring on Anna back. And Anna, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I was really excited when you contacted me um, about the work you were doing because I've actually done um, a little bit, and I would say compared to the work you've done, a very little bit, along this um, same uh, mindset, I, I have like a, a meditation tape that, that was my first gut when I first got into doing this and working with stepmoms, but you've really taken it to the next level. So um, 
tell us a little bit about your journey as a stepmom. How many kids do you have? Yeah. Hi, Barb. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sure. Hi. So, so thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Um, my journey started about just over five years ago when I went on vacation to Peru, and I met my husband there unexpectedly. And so we were dating sort of long distance for a few months, and we got engaged quickly, and I decided to move to Peru. Oh, that's and what's just kind of point on the five Like when you move on top of also doing this. Yeah, it was it was a crazy beginning. Um, and on top of everything, his stepkids only spoke Spanish. So that just added a whole, or my stepkids, sorry. His kids only spoke Spanish. So that just added a whole other level of complexity to the situation. Oh, wow. And they were three years old and five years old at the time. Mm-hmm. A boy and a girl, or so when I yes, yes, the three-year-old's a boy and the five-year-old is a girl, and now they are ten and eight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when when I first came to Peru, um, you know, it was kind of I think the same beginning that many stepmoms experience. So the kids were a little bit hesitant about this new person coming into their lives and you know the mother wasn't very accepting either and she was sort of causing problems for us Um, we got engaged after being together for six months and Mm -hmm. I became pregnant shortly after yeah so that just added a whole new level of complexity to the mix but um I'm really happy to say yeah that that five years later we're all still here (laughs) we're closer than ever yeah, we're closer than ever. The kids live with us full time now. Oh wow! Uh, I have two kids of my own. Yeah, so I have a one-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy, on top of my eight and ten-year-old stepkids. Wow! And they live with us full time. We get along fairly well with their mother. We're not best friends or anything like that. But when it comes to the kids, we are usually trying to be on the same page and cordial. Now, now, may I ask, how did you end up with the kids full-time? It's a bit of a crazy story. Well, with my last um, pregnancy, I ended Mm -hmm. up going to Canada for six months to have the baby. Mm -hmm. And the kids before before that, they were were coming over every day. They would have um, dinner at our house. The school bus would drop them off. They would have dinner with us, do their homework with us shower at our place and then they would go back with their mom to sleep mm-hmm. basically and so when we when we left for six months it was it kind of turned into a bit of an unfortunate circumstance where their mom started working um, mm. extra hours and she would leave them home a lot and they were really traumatized because they really got attached to to their way of living with us and I guess I didn't realize how much so they were attached to us until we left. And so when we left, they would be calling us crying. They, they just missed us way too much. So when we came back, uh, we all were in agreement that they were with us. And I, it's been almost a year now that they've been with us, yeah. So uh, do, do you find it easier? I do. I really do. And, I mean, I think a lot of moms deal with this where – 
There's habits that are learned at the other household that are not in line with what you want in your family. And it's, kind of, it's really hard to have to share your, your family, basically, with another woman who doesn't share your own values and beliefs. So mm-hmm. when, when she has a stronger influence in their life, those bad right. habits and different ways of thinking come out and they kind of come into your home when, when they're with you and they change the way that your own children are. So when they're with you full time, you have more of a more of an influence about, you know, their way of being, their positive mindset and encouraging certain behaviors and attitudes mm-hmm. and that's sort of unifying the whole family to be that way, not just your own children and then the stepkids are off on their own different levels. So it's definitely been easier and there have already been studies um, in scientific journals that, that show that stepmoms who live with their families, with their whole family full time, are mm-hmm. actually happier. They have less stress. So I'm lucky in that way that, that the situation turned around like that. Well, um, I, have, I want to point out something that you said because I just uh, want to make mm-hmm. a point. Um, and you said that you didn't realize how much the kids were going to miss you when you were gone. You didn't realize the effect of that. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to point out to any other family members that are listening that very often um, when we're on, like, the father's side, if you will, and, of course, there's just us, the stepmother there, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, lessons, teachings, myths around that, that we're secondary, we're not as important um, as mom. Mm-hmm. And I speak as a bio mom also. So, but a lot of those thoughts mm-hmm. that fly around, easy to believe that you're not very important and that your household doesn't have as big an impact. And, you know, just per your story, and I, and I know in my own life, like, do not believe that for one second. You make a tremendous mm-hmm. impact, whether you're full-time, part-time, whatever the, the custody arrangement. It's not, it's not so much the custody time as how you spend that time and what you stand for. So I just wanted to point that out because it's easy to think you're not that important and it doesn't matter and all those kinds of things. So I just wanted to, um, and then I just want to swing back to something that I noticed like in your writings that I think is really important to you. And that's the issue of values. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you just said like when, you know, two households may have two different sets of values, but um, can you speak a little bit um, about values and, um, how important, I, I sense it's very important to you and you think that's a driving force. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's about values and it's also about life outlook. So when I think of mindfulness, I know a lot of people hear that term and it sounds really woo-woo, but it's really it's, just about being able to observe what's going on in your mind and develop some kind of emotional intelligence so that you're not just reacting in the heat of the moment and reacting with anger, fear, or any of those negative emotions to whatever situation you're facing, but instead mm-hmm. you're, you're reacting from a calm and centered place. Right. And exactly. Well, it doesn't mean that you're, yeah, and it's, it's more really about acting and not reacting. So I try to instill those kinds of values in my children and teach them you know, emotional intelligence and how if they're angry, you know, they can express their anger and it's okay to be angry, but they don't need to, 
react and make negative decisions and, you know, fight with their brothers and sisters over it. They can learn to process that themselves. So with for me, mindfulness sort of runs through every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. And and that's just that's just a part of it. And I mean, a lot of other people, and unfortunately, the bio mom in my case, she doesn't have that type of outlook. So she just sort of lives in the moment and reacts the way she needs to react. And mm-hmm. she's angry. She'll let everyone know she's angry and and cause you know trouble for everyone. And that's just not what's best for the children. So it's also about thinking about what's best for the children and letting letting those types of decisions be led by from a place of peace and and tranquility rather than anger and you know wanting to get revenge or any of those kinds of feelings that that are so common in these circumstances. Right. And you know, um I want to tear this down a little bit so we can get really specific for like the stepmoms listening to this. So let's just take it down to like all right, so something happens that's, you know, let's say upsetting. So would you suggest that um, immediately taking some time, even if your mind is telling you to say, really, bitch, you know, or <laughs> something <laughs> intelligent like that, <laughs> uh, it makes it feel better, right? But does your, do you, you, do you suggest choice. immediately, you know, have like a, two-second rule, a 90-second rule, anything like that? I don't have a really specific rule about it. I mean, I'm not perfect. We've gotten into our our arguments and, and, you know, said things in the heat of the moment. But the thing with with mindfulness is it, once you practice it, if you practice, you know, just five minutes a day of sort of listening and getting, it's really about getting in tune with what you're feeling and what you're thinking and just letting that be and and mm-hmm. being still with it it helps you when you're in those heated moments to sort of even take a few seconds it doesn't even have to be like a minute or 90 seconds even just like two is helpful right. to check in with yourself and whoa what am i doing wait a minute you know right because exactly it it is it, yeah it's a it's a tense situation when there's yeah, households involved two yeah and one of the things that um you know, is it, and another thing about an assumption, you know, with your mind and our thoughts, and um, um, I have to give, like, cheesy plug. This is the kinds of things we teach at, you know, one of the things we teach at retreat, a couple's retreat, um, is that a lot of times because we instinctively do something, so we might be, in, our instinct is to be angry, our instinct is to say X, Y, and Z, that somehow our minds assume that because it's instinct, it serves us. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense. But there's like a, it's like an, mm-hmm. un, you, know what, you know what I mean? Like that it's somehow serving us. Oh, it's instinct. So it's serving. And we may not even realize mm-hmm. we've all been bred to believe that. It's like, and, and mm-hmm. we've been bred that like, for example, our mind is our greatest asset, which on some level it is, right? That's why we have survived over other, you know, organisms on the planet. And a lot of these kinds of thoughts that are behind things may or may not be true, but they're not 100% true. And so this notion that our instincts to do whatever, lash out, um, and this really plays out in our relationships. Our instinct is to, you know, 
just tell them to leave or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that it must be a thing, actually often mm-hmm. does not serve us. It, and it certainly yes. tends to not serve us in relationships. So just like remembering that and just kind of like taking a moment just to breathe and to really um, kind of collect ourselves and in your case, I want, I'm going to give a, shame, a shameful plug for you, too, is that what, what Anna's done, and this is um, why I wanted to have her on, is that she's, had, she's created meditation tapes and actually divided them up to certain situations. So the common ones that like, mm-hmm. we all, um, frankly, they're universal for us that we're used to and we tend to see a lot. You know, things that calm us down when, you know, the kids are coming or when you have a... Um, an issue with the ex-wife or, you know, an issue with mm-hmm. the husband or you know, when you're feeling alone, you know, things that are very common to the stepmom experience. So you can actually utilize um, her meditations when you're feeling a certain way. You can actually click on the one that will work for you. So, all right, back to the mm-hmm. conversation. <laughs> so anyway, it's... Yeah, I wanted to actually, yeah, I wanted to actually yeah. comment on what you said about, about yes. your instincts and and that your first response is your instinctive response, and that that is so true scientifically. From a yes. from a science perspective, uh, the stress response, if you if you want to learn mm-hmm. more about it, it it is actually historically from um, situations where you're actually in danger. So if there's like a Correct. lion chasing you, your stress response is activated. But now. Mm-hmm. We don't have those situations anymore, and our stress response is being constantly activated by low stress events in comparison to something life-threatening, right? So that mm-hmm. stress response can actually cause disease and, and illness and even mental illness. So that stress response and that natural instinct to react with, mm-hmm. like, flight or fight, fear, anger, Correct. or any of those emotions that's not serving us. And you're, you're so right about that. It's not serving right. us and learning how to sort of tame that stress response. That's right. And instead of activating it and letting it take over, we can be more intelligent than that, that primitive response that we have. If that makes that's sense. Right. And, and yeah. And, and those responses are, are based on fears that we have and they're, they're fears that were usually learned growing up, and they're fears that, that's right. you know, as an adult, don't serve us anymore. So I grew up in a home with occasional alcoholism. My mom was very codependent, and mm-hmm. so I learned certain behaviors in that situation as a child in order for me to survive, basically, in order for me to survive and thrive through the situation. And so right. one of those things is uh, control. So I... I used to have this urgency to control the situation, and it still comes up from time to time. I mean, mm-hmm. this this type of work that you do, it's it's sort of never ending. It's just um, and and then it's okay. It's like a it's a great journey to be on. But you're once you're aware of what your programmed responses are from your childhood that sort of aren't serving you anymore, you can to reprogram those those responses into responses that do serve you as an adult. So maybe um, in my example, when I was little and I would try to, you know, control the situation, if my parents were fighting, I would try to talk to them and control them. And I learned that basically that I had a power to control other people, which is totally false. But, but that belief 
got me through times in my childhood. So now that I'm older and now that I'm living in a blended family, if I think that I know what's best for everyone and I try to impose that sense of control on everyone, it's just going to be chaos because, you know, I don't know what's best for everyone. I don't know. I can't, I can't assume that I know what's best for everyone, but I, I can, my opinion be known in a, in a calm way, but without those expectations that everyone has to do what I say. And so learning how to, learning how to sort of catch myself when I'm feeling that way and when I'm trying to control things is, is key. And meditation is what helps your brain develop that ability. So it's a practice. It's a practice just like riding a bike. So the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. And And also, yeah, as we also, you know, teach very often, but is that the the brain is very neuroplastic, which means that it can relearn skills and it can change. You're not stuck with like, well, Mm -hmm. I've always been a screamer. No, not if you choose not to. And Mm -hmm. and it's a muscle, you know, you build up the myelin Mm -hmm. sheets like, on your, on your, um, around your nerves, and guess what? It's the same as building muscle. So you're not trapped, and you can change. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to clarify one other thing, and that is about our instincts and our tribal instincts in terms of flight or fight. So here's the dividing line. If you're in an elevator and you just feel like the person next to you is creepy, get off. Okay? That's when, that's when mm-hmm. you're feeling like trust your instincts. But if, um, if, the ex-wife sent the kids back in dirty clothes and you feel like, you know, the world is over, time to pull in the tape. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I'll do it. It just pisses us off. There's just no doubt about it. Exactly. Or ask for more money yeah. or you know, and all those things that are triggers to us feeling unsafe, mm-hmm. right? But I just want to make sure, mm-hmm. like, I just want to make a clear delineation. So, I and I really believe, Anna, that, like, this the aspects of this work is what makes stepmotherhood so incredibly difficult. And uh, I'll give you my theory mm-hmm. and we'll dive into it because um, this isn't going to, this doesn't really make sense, but this is how it feels. It feels like you can't escape this kind of work when you're a stepmother because it's hitting you constantly, mm-hmm. constantly. Well, I can tell you like as a bio mom, you know, I, I feel like, not this isn't real, but it feels like I can make mistakes left and right and, you know, I don't feel as stressed by what other people are demanding of me or there's not as many people watching me or I don't feel like there's any stories about me except that I'm just an awesome person because I'm someone's mother, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I yeah, think that's it, true. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's this work that you're talking about that you can't, it's almost impossible to escape. Do you feel like that? I think so, yeah, and I think it's sort of it's a blessing in disguise because it's it is it's hard, but once you get over it, or once you learn to, I mean, you never really get over it because those triggers are always there. Right. But once you learn to navigate those triggers, and once you master, you know, skills mm-hmm. in your life that allow you to sort of feel at peace and not let anyone break that. That's something right. that carries into you in in different parts of your life, and it's not just being a stepmom, but it makes you a stronger person. And I mean, I know there, there's that cliche that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but but it's not just it's not just that it makes you strong. 
you better. It makes you live better. It makes you live happier. It makes you enjoy things more. And I think it is such a challenge and it's hard to see it as a blessing when you're in the thick of all the drama, but, but it really can be because it's, it's sort of like mm-hmm. a springboard for your own personal growth. And that's, that's one of the greatest things that you can achieve in your life. And once you achieve that, then the change in you sort of radiates outwards. And it's, it's crazy to see the effects even on the bio mom. Like when you change, she changes yes. the way that she comes and deals with you. Because when That's she exactly sees that right. things don't affect you anymore, then, then she steps up. And the kids see it too. I mean, the kids, the kids see the way their mom is and the, they see the way their stepmom is. And if their stepmom is you know, a positive person, she's helping others, she's a person overall, she's not, you know, losing her shit all the time, she's she's happy, calm, supportive, and and if their mother's complaining, like, they'll see that eventually. My kids are, my 10-year-old sees it, my 8-year-old is still a little bit protective of his mom Hmm? and, and doesn't understand fully, but... They, that's they completely reasonable. Eventually. Yeah, eventually. Because remember, mm-hmm. you know, that's the other thing. We always forget, like, somehow we look upon our children like they're always going to be in this state. And then we forget about ourselves. Like, you know, people grow, you know, we grew. We're not the same jerks we were in high school. So they're not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And also, I think all of us would say, if we were asked, you know, do you think you know your parents well? Do you think you kind of got their number? We would all say, oh, yeah. Well, what makes you think that our children won't do the same for us and for their bio parents? They, they, mm-hmm, they get it. Exactly. To have the faith of mm-hmm. time. You know, they might not get it when they're three or 13 for sure, but they're getting it and they get it. So you have to have faith in, in mm-hmm. them. And um, so there's three. Exactly. Yeah, there were three things I want to go back to that you said, and I want to just really clarify so that everyone listening can get it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but I'm going to go back to the issue of values. And the reason I want to go back to that mm-hmm. is that we, let's look at one of those terms like mindfulness, I mean, it gets tossed around. And, um, you know, you've got to have to know what it is you stand for or values. I just want to see what you think about this. Like before you can, you know, stand for something, like what is it that you stand for? And sometimes I feel like our stepmoms get so caught up, easily to do, easy to do rather, in the everyday just picking kids up and pushing them down, da, 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 um, that you just mm-hmm. forget who you are at core, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was wondering, like, was that one of your goals when you made, like, these recordings was to help people clarify that, like, what it is that you stand for? Definitely. Definitely. And also, not only what it is you stand for as a person, but what it is you stand for as a family, so, exactly. I mean, the, fir- the first thing, yeah, the first thing is what you stand for as a person. And exactly sort of right. what, your, what your goals are in life, what you want to achieve, how you want to share with the world, what you want to share, what gifts you share, how you want to be in the world. But then exactly also right. how your step family life fits into that. Because when we grow up, we we sort of envision ourselves getting married, having family, and it's never we don't envision ourselves getting married to a man who already has kids and an ex wife to deal with. So it's sort of like breaking <laughs> paradigm. Right now. That's not the vision. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's it's sort of recognizing and even 
like mourning that, that that vision of your life didn't come true and, and that's okay. And you are allowed to feel a little bit sad about that, but I mean, don't, don't drown in it and dwell in it because that's not going to serve you. But, but I think by feeling our feelings first and releasing Mm -hmm. them, we make room for, for a different vision in our life where we can think about, well, what do we want? What do we want our blended family to be? What do we want um, our role to be? kids what do we want our our the biological mother's role to be within the family because you know she's there inevitably in in many circumstances and some she's not but but she'll always be the kid's mother if she's there if she's not and they'll always have a love for her I mean it doesn't matter she can be the worst person in the world she can be in jail she can be a drug addict and she's still their mother and they'll always love her so we must honor that that as part of your vision yeah, exactly. And so one of the meditations that I created sort of about visioning your, your perfect blended family and letting mm-hmm. go of that old stereotype of what a family should be and just making your own. No, there's no such thing as a perfect family. And once we, once we accept that and, and make our own idea of perfection with all the imperfect stuff that we have going on, that's when we can sort of learn to live in a way that is satisfying to us. Right, exactly right. That is in right. line with our own values, yeah. And, and you know, let me just add to this. Like values is one of those funny things that, like, sometimes we tend to do in isolation. So I just envisioning, you know, all of us there, you know, using, you know, listening to the recordings and we're sort of, if we can get a moment, but, you know, to do all that. But then we don't communicate it. Mm-hmm. Something that, you know, have a date night with your partner and that's the subject exactly. for the night. Not only why do you love one mm-hmm. another, what do, you, what do you stand for? What does he or she stand for? Mm-hmm. And now let's write it down. What does our family do? And you literally have like a family manifesto. And then communicate it to the kids in age-appropriate language. And have those meetings once mm-hmm. in a while. So then, you, then you're helping yourself so much because you can go back and go, exactly. okay, is this consistent for, with you know, what we all agreed that we stand for? You always mm-hmm. have it. Yeah. So I just yeah, and we we sort of did that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. We did that at the beginning of our relationship. We never actually wrote it down, but we always had these ideas, my husband and I, of what we wanted our family to be. So we always mm-hmm. wanted our kids, the the all of our kids, to come first and be equal. Mm-hmm. And and that was right. something that we both agreed upon. And so I mean, it was harder for me to put it into play at the beginning, but the sort of always goal. Right. So we are always exactly. conscious of that, even though we didn't write it down. But, I mean, it works. No, but to write it down for some people. For some people, it just works to be it. And we always kind of in every conversation that we have, not every conversation, but, like, very frequently, we'll have these conversations with our children, especially in moments of where we'd have to discipline them about something. We always bring it back to our values and why we live this way and why there are rules and, you know, what our goal is to have peace among everyone in our family. And that's why, you know, one person can't do whatever they want because that's not our goal. Our goal as a family is to live in peace, to live in happiness, to enjoy each other's company, and that, that all the kids come first and they're all equal. And it's, well, beautiful it's true. To and have it's that the, kind of vision and to have a shared vision. Mm-hmm. And, and also for our creative families out there, you can make an art project out of it. I mean, you can put all these mm-hmm. things and everybody should be coloring it in or paint it or, you know, that's a little side note. But it's, it's really important. Mm-hmm. And then I just wanted to um, 
also move on and and you said something and I wanted to it, it just rang in my head and that was that you said you know kind of when you separate yourself and you're watching what's going on and to me mm-hmm. that notion of watching I hate to bring up the word detaching because that's that really sparks a whole bunch of um, all kinds of visions in a stepmother's brain but it let's just I wanted to talk a little bit about watching what's going on, and, emo- and I think that's tied closely to emotional intelligence. Do you, do you agree mm-hmm. with that? Separate, and what a great um, blessing it is, if, if that's how I view it, is to be, be able to be with these people that you really know well, including mom, by the way, and then but still mm-hmm. have that ability to step back. Do you agree? Yeah, I think, I think that the term detachment is something that scares a lot of people. Yes. And when they think of meditation or Buddhism, they think of, um, you know, these Buddhist monks that walk around and they don't care about anything, sort of like zombies, you know, and they're detached and they don't love, they don't, they're not attached to anything. And many people sort of think synonymously of attachment and love. So if you're, if you love someone, you're attached to them. And it, and it is true to a certain extent, but in those moments of, of conflict, you know, in those moments where, where things aren't going your way, if you can detach from the situation with love, not detach with hatred, like, oh, I'm sick of these people, I'm, I'm leaving. No, not like that. Like, I love these people, and I'm just going to give it some space so that I can react from, from a place of intelligence and not just reacting with anger or whatever feelings you may be feeling in the moment. So I think that's my notion of detachment. I don't know if you were thinking of something else or. Right. Well, I was thinking about, actually, it is a Buddhist philosophy of like being the watcher. In other words, when you can step mm-hmm. back and just watch what's going on in this. And, and you're right, like from a much more, I don't want to use the word detached, but calm space. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. much more closely related to being emotionally intelligent like you were talking about. It's such a gift to be able mm-hmm. to give that to your family um, and watch it. Like I'm sure that you feel and many of our stepmoms listening feel that like we have an ability to sort of watch everybody and their interactions. We, we just a different perspective. It's not a better perspective. It's mm-hmm. not more, we don't know more, you know, it's not that, but, with the, but there is a different vision and lots of times, um, you know, we just can see some things and back at us too, by the way, it goes back and forth. Our stepkids, for mm-hmm. example, get to know us in a way that, and their feedback's really important. But it does help, you know, give another perspective, which is like always um, helping, uh, helpful. But yeah, I mean, this whole notion of detaching it comes up a lot in, in stepmom um, advice columns and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there's a difference between, um, you know, well then I won't pick the kids up from school anymore, or I won't cook for them mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and that's my definition of detaching, like something like that, something more day-to-day. And mm-hmm. in my mind, that's not necessarily what it means. Um, I don't know how you feel mm-hmm. about it. To me, you should be able and, to do what yeah. you want to do, what you feel you can do. Yeah, I what think it's th- more about detaching from, from the outcome. So, I mean, like your examples, Correct. like I won't cook for them anymore, I won't pick them up anymore. Well, I'll pick them up react I won't let myself I won't allow myself to react negatively when they are 
not appreciative that I'm doing this for them or when they don't like my food or, you know, I'm not going to react. I'm going to detach from the outcome. It's about detaching from the outcome of something. Right. And let's circle back to what we think should be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we can also circle back to what we started with, with the thought that we attach to the action. So a lot of times, um, well, in life in general, not just with our step families, is that there's a thought and a, and a feeling that we attach to things that kind of isn't real. So, you know, the fact that, you know, some, you know, a 12-year-old girl that you're picking up your stepdaughter and she doesn't appreciate the fact that you're driving her around, uh, to, to taking that to the next level, like she doesn't appreciate me, she does, and then it goes to she doesn't love me, then it goes to she's a spoiled brat, then it goes to, you know, blah, blah, you know it goes off from there. When really, most likely, mm-hmm. she's probably an egocentric, normal, teenage twelve-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, then, mm-hmm. and that's also part of like the emotional intelligence. And um, you mm-hmm. know, partner decides to, you know, give mom more money for the kids to do X, Y, and Z, even though they're paying child support. A lot of time, that gets attached to, well, he still loves her. He doesn't love us as much. He doesn't think much of me he doesn't you know our relationship comes second Mm -hmm. I'm always last and it goes and you know what I want to take Mm -hmm. that to another level because Mm -hmm. those thoughts often spiral without us even knowing it consciously they spiral into something personal and something from our past which is like you know like he doesn't love me and then it turns into I'm unlovable no one will ever love me and correct it's exactly right so we for come granted, and I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And, and those it comes... sort of negative beliefs. Those are those are the negative beliefs that I had to overcome, and they definitely came from my childhood, and they were triggered in my blended family. But through meditation and my own inner work, I learned to overcome those. And I noticed when I was reading, you know, the questions that stepmoms would ask in support forums, they're always sort of the same. Mm-hmm. The same mm-hmm. general always. ideas, and they're always sort of rooted in those false negative beliefs that one has about themselves. So I, Absolutely. the meditation really all aims to, to tackle those core beliefs that maybe we don't even realize we have, you know. Like if the, the husband, you know, gives extra money to the, the ex-wife mm-hmm. and then he doesn't take us out on a date, then, you know, we start yelling and we get angry, but we don't realize that the core problem is that we don't feel that we are lovable, and so those right. are the, the beliefs that I try to tackle. And then my belief is that when we tackle those issues from the inside out, rather than, you know, first arguing or, or talking it over or whatever, if we first learn to love ourselves or learn to appreciate ourselves, then other people sort of jump on board and begin to do the same because of the frequency that we're putting out that we are valuable. And then people begin to value us. And so yep. all and my meditations are based on those beliefs and how to overcome those negative feelings. Exactly. And there's, and just like you had referred to before, like, you know, we talked orig- originally about this being sort of like an airy fairy show, but really there's strong science behind it. There's really strong science. So when Anna was just saying, like, when you're coming from a calm place, even you know, you'll notice this, like, even when you go to an event with the whole family, mom, kids are there, they'll be calmer. And you'll come home and you'll say, oh, my God, they're all really nice tonight. No, because it is scientifically proven that your 
your positive attitude is contagious, the same as a cold. It is contagious. Mm-hmm. And um, exactly. so that's really, so every moment we have that we feel like we don't have control, it's contagious. And even if you're not feeling as though you want to, like you're maybe not feeling it and you try to get into the mindset and you don't have time to put in one of uh, Mindful Stepmom's recordings, um, let's say that happens, then if you walk out the door and just smile and force the smile, you'll still do better. You'll still do better. Mm-hmm. So Exactly. Right. And so that's why um, it's an unfair notion to think that like recordings like this and meditations like this are airy-fairy when, in fact, they're deeply rooted in science. And now it's going to come down exactly. to it's going to come down to time. Right, Anna? Like, like you, you know, self-care. It's going to come down to that. And the mm-hmm. notion, here's another one. I don't have time for this. Right? That's what's going to happen, Anna, right? You know, yep. some of listen to this and feel like, oh, I'm motivated. Bing. Get your tapes and then boop. That's the end of that. I don't have time yep. for this. Well, the, you know. The great thing about the, yeah, the, the great thing about the tapes, I mean, for me personally, it, it is hard to find the time. I'm not right. going to lie and say that I find time every day right. to meditate because I don't. I really don't. Right. Um, But when I, the thing with the tapes, which is great, is you can listen to them sort of wherever you are. And it's a form of meditation. If you're cooking and you're listening to the, you're listening, you have your headphones in and you're listening to the audio, you're still meditating. I mean, there there are forms of meditation that that even Buddhists do that are walking meditation. It's not just sitting on a pillow. So it's the way that these are designed. I I mean, if you're just cooking, yeah, exactly that too. Mm-hmm. When you work out, when you're in a bath. I know when, when I was um, first getting together with my husband, I would fly a lot back and forth. So I would listen to the meditations uh, on the plane. I, even uh-huh. if I was half asleep, I would just listen to not these meditations, but um, something similar for relationships I used. And they helped yep. me a ton. And that's sort of where this idea came from because I, I personally experienced all the benefits of, of mm-hmm. what this type of work can do for you. And, and I wanted to share that with stepmoms who I see, they have such potential to grow from these situations and from this kind of work if they just try it out. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a biochemist, so I'm a scientist by mm-hmm. background. And right. there's a lot to say about the scientific evidence. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's studies from Harvard University that prove that meditation it reduces your stress levels and increases your happiness. But for me, the best type of evidence is just trying it out yourself and seeing the effects right. in your life. I think that, I mean, there's, a, there's one meditation which I found was, was one of the most powerful, and it's the Making Peace with the Biomom Meditation. Yes. And that one is available for free through my website or through the link that you have that you can share mm-hmm. with your, your listeners, and they can access that meditation. That's a little bit of a, one of the longer ones, the 10-minute meditation, but it's extremely powerful, and it helps you feel and release those negative emotions that you have towards the biome and, and call in feelings of love and feelings of peace. And even doing the meditation once, you'll, you'll feel it instantly. You'll feel a shift. And when you mm-hmm. go on to interact with the biomom, you might even notice that, that it's already made a difference in the way that you interact in your relationship. So That's right. 
Absolutely, and 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 an if I, I could, mean, people are taking an hour to listen to this. You can take five minutes to try it themselves and see if it works. You know. Exactly right, and I'm a huge proponent. Like I know you make fun of me all the time, but you know when those there's certain trigger points, and for those um, step families that have the kids going back and forth, often when the kids are coming back. Um, it's a really stressful day and moment, like you just start working yourself up. And I'm a huge proponent mm-hmm. of get your earphones in. And in this case, it could be, you know, Anna's recordings. It can be music, whatever does it for you. But instead of letting that mm-hmm. mind go off into uh, the abyss of all these kinds of mm-hmm. thoughts that we were which will also end into I'm not – the ending point will be I'm not worthy, no one loves me. That will be the ending point mm-hmm. along with we're going to be broke and living in a van by the river. Um, exactly. So <laughs> get those earphones in. And if you um, – you know, and then if you know, there's certain other triggers, you know yourself, it might be that the kids don't do the dishes or whatever it is and you're sitting there doing them, earphones in. And you just don't mm-hmm. – you need a space. Go away, earphones in when you're working out, taking a walk. It doesn't have to – I think that's the vision that people think, oh, I need to have 15 minutes to, like, lie on a yoga mat. You know, people will claim they don't have Uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They could, their kids could be screaming in the other room and earplugs are in. <laughs> so, yep, <exactly>. anyway. <laughs> and what else can we tell everyone um, – about your work, I am definitely going to be sending out to all the listeners of this show um, a link. So if they're interested in um, trying out your recordings, um, I would love to have them do so. And is there anything else that you'd want everybody to know about your practice or um, anything else that's happening in Peru? (laughs) She's calling in from Peru, by the way. Yeah, we we have a power outage now, so... (laughs) Oh, you do? Crazy third world problem. Yeah, I, I was worried that my cell phone battery would die because all morning we've been without power, but I was able to call in. Okay, so, so now you'll have no power just because we did this and then... <laughs> Probably, but that's okay. Oh, no. It gives me time to reflect. I, I like the time without internet. It's 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 um a good time to force me to to sort of get some other work done or spend time with my kids rather than just being online and, you know... It's been and it's a good time to write. It's been a crazy time working. Um, now that we've launched the the meditation album, which I did all by myself, um, all the website work, it was it was a big process. Big and time. I, I'm really hopeful that people will will just give it a try and see if if they experience a shift for themselves. Because I mean, you can listen to this recording for one hour and spend that hour thinking, oh, maybe, maybe not. But you can just sit there for five minutes, ten minutes, and, and try it. And, and if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. But if it does, you know, you, you invested that ten minutes, and it's going to change your life. So it's um, the one meditation about making peace with the biomom is free on my website. We also have the eight-track meditation album, which um, one of the meditations is what you were talking about before seeing your stepkids. There's one for dealing with drama and upset. So it's basically um, the bigger picture issues that that many new stepmoms, even stepmoms who have been in their role for years, still experience. Yeah, so the the album is on sale for $14.99. And through your special link, Barb, they can access it for $9.99. Yay. And they get the full digital download. They can download it on all or any of their digital devices, their cell phone, their laptop, 
um, from there they can put it on their MP3 player and listen to it just whenever and wherever. If you have time to sit on a sit on a meditation pillow and do it for 10 minutes uninterrupted, that's fine. But if you don't, I mean, doing the work in any way that you can, even if you're washing dishes, it's better than not doing the work. And exactly. And I I, I know that if people give it a try, they they'll feel the benefits and they'll feel the peace and and that peace will radiate outwards towards their family members and then outwards towards the world. There's so much chaos going on in the world and I think that by doing our own inner work and just being a light for our family and for the world, that's that's the best thing we can do right now. So I really hope people give it a try and yeah. So do I. So do I. I love the work. I really love it. And um, if everybody can go to the Evil Stepmother Speaks. I'll have a big tab up there um, for um, Anna's Mindful Stepmom work. And just click on it, and you can give it a shot, which is great. And, Anna, I can't thank thank you you enough for calling in from Peru, using all your battery on us while you're in a power (laughs) outage. (laughs) Yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed the conversation. It was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. But listen, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And we will talk soon. And um, maybe we'll talk again when you develop your next product. That's awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much, Barb. Bye. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye. Sure. Bye. Hi, my name's Kristen, and this is George. I can count on him to watch out for me, and I can count on him to make me smile and to wake me up every day at 4.30. That's okay, bud. It's nice to have things you can count on. APS employees right here in Arizona work 24-7 to provide you safe, reliable power, and we're proud to say we're among the top in the nation for reliable energy, so you can count on your power being there when you need it. Did you hear that? Learn more at APS.com slash reliable energy.